1: Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season, and this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in the action now and claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing the daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineups, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So, what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot! Alrighty everyone, welcome to episode 19 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. After a solo midweek episode, we have returned. Dun, 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 dun. Kyle, welcome back.
0: Hey, how are you guys, ladies, gentle dudes?
1: What's up, folks? And Kyle, I am here to believe that you you've finished a couple of sports games today. I have. I played two games of puck.
0: I was wheeling today. Really feeling myself, you know.
1: How? How they go? In and
0: both. We won both games. Uh, I think the first one was uh, six to two. We picked it. Really picked it up in the end, the third period. And then the second one was eight to three. That was a that was a thrashing. It was easy game, no problem. I put put a goal in on both. Both very pretty. Sounded like the Oilers out here. Oof along well, well in the Sunday League. I mean, the first game was actually pretty tightly matched for a, a little bit of it. And if our goalie didn't stand on his head, it would have been a lot closer. But he played like an unreal game. And then the second game was just no contest, no worries. Points Boys night. were buzzing. Points night, as yeah. I
1: believe you would say.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we all showed up, all guns a firing, started right a wheel.
1: Well, unfortunately, I came out here on the other end of the spectrum in the realm of sports. I also had a game. I did not have a hockey game. However, I had a soccer game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I play semi-pro soccer. I play in the UPSL Division Two League. As it re- This is the first, hum- yeah, a little humble brag for sure. This is our, the first season with this team. It's an expansion team, and we had our last preseason game. Uh, here this evening. It was against a veteran team in our same division, so a really strong test for us. They beat the last team they played. Uh, I was looking at their Instagram earlier before the game night. They beat the last team they played 10-0, so we expected a a challenge, and probably I I expected to lose. I'll just say that. I played... 20 minutes in the first half as a center attacking midfielder, and I played 20 minutes in the second half as a center defensive midfielder, and then I played the final 20 minutes as the goalie. I only let in oh, wow. one goal, so I played the best out of all the goalies. However, I did give the ball away directly in the middle of the field that then led to our defense taking uh, knocking a guy over and taking a penalty and they scored on the penalty kick. Um, so that was unfortunate uh, in the midfield. I really would like to stay in net, but regardless of how I played, I just want to say as an aside, kids, if you're listening to this, if someone's messing with you, yes, I'm not saying roll over and let them like, but like there, there's a point where you, you got to walk away because one of our players turned around and swung on him and then got a red card and then we had to play with 10 men so uh keep your cool i guess is is the lesson to learn know your limits exactly exactly uh however the oilers to pivot to hockey here uh have been really turning it on here uh we've got three wins in a row to talk about you hit it head on, Kyle. You went on last episode. However, you were gracious enough to send me in your predictions for the three games. And I even said in the episode, you texted me, you were predicting a big three-game win streak after a pretty disappointing loss to the Flames in oh, yeah. the previous week. Uh, I definitely wasn't pleased with them in the last episode. You predicted a, a big three-game win streak. I was happy to hop on board with that. And we're coming away with the three wins. So First, before we get to the three games individually, Kyle, how do you feel about that prediction?
0: I got to say, uh, I'm not saying that I did it, but you're awesome.
1: Yeah, maybe the Oilers will send you some royalties or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, listen, just like uh, I have mean, a David jersey, it's fine. It's like, I mean, it's just, just all talking of their appreciation would go a long way, you know?
1: Well, so that we have the first game here versus Calgary. It was the turnaround game, as we like to call it, the adjustment game in the two-game series. And the Oilers came out hot. One of my big things that I was saying in the last game is the Oilers were turning the puck over a lot in the neutral zone in their loss to Calgary. In this one, it was the complete opposite. Um, It seemed like Calgary was turning the puck a lot in their own neutral zone and in their own zone, which was leading to a lot of, Oilers offense and less than five minutes in Nugent Hopkins buries one off a great feed from McDavid then on the power play pull tips one in he scores one we go up two nothing and it, it is a tight game we would score one more and the Flames would score one as well in the second period and then uh, the third period would hit And sort of actually like in your game, like you were saying, third period hit and the Oilers power play click. They hit two power plays. All of a sudden it is 5-1. They score a couple more. Um, Cassian scores a nice one in his return to the lineup from injury, which was really cool. And the Oilers skate away with a 7-3 thrashing of the Flames. And uh, you caught a bit of the ending of this one, right, Kyle? Sure did. I was uh, three sheets to the wing, but I did watch it. All right. Well, and then you caught the highlights after. So what did you think about this one?
0: I thought just an absolute offensive prowess game, really showing up big. As I predicted, I thought the boys would come out hot. Um, They put a couple more goals in than I thought they were going to, but hey. We love
1: to see it. Yeah, you predicted the five-three win. Uh, you came. You actually did really well, and we'll get to the score on this. Um, you did really well this week. You came close on this one, and we actually flipped. Yeah. You, pre- I said four-two. You said five-three, and then in the third game. I said 5-3, you said 4-2. Big offensive night. Tyson Berry, who was questionable for this game, I actually thought, and I said in the last episode, I expected Bouchard to be in because he was. He left in the first period in the last game versus the Flames. He is in, actually, and he puts up four assists for the Oilers. And now he is, at this point, Um, he gets a couple more assists in the next coming games we're going to talk about. He's now flirting with, you know, first place in defensive scoring. Yeah,
0: you know how I, you know how I like my defenseman,
1: and uh, that's high on the scoring list. And we we expected this from Barry, right? Though, like this is what yeah, he's oh, advertised. Yeah. Oh, as.
0: definitely. That's That's his whole role. That's literally the entire reason he was signed. I mean, that's the reason the Leafs signed him last year. Just a little a beef of uh, defensive scoring. You know, a guy that like can kind of play defense, but also is really just there to be a fourth forward.
1: And someone else who scored in this game, who is also creeping up the defensive scoring list, Darnell Nurse. He hits his ninth on the season, and we will talk about him later on in this episode as well, because he was not done this week. He played pretty well. I mean, as we mentioned the last time I was on, he
0: really filled out the rest of his shoes and and is playing on a, a very high level that I would say I'm very pleased to be watching the way he's playing hockey right
1: now. So the Oilers skate away with the 7-3 win, The and they improved to 19-13-0 on the season, um, creeping closer and closer to the Leafs, who continue to lose games at this point. Um, they then turn around the next night because this was the first half of a back-to-back and they turn around and finish the second half versus the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I predicted, and you said a 3-2 win in your text to me. I expected a tight game, so I figured why not? And I hopped on your prediction of 3-2. I figured it was going to be a one-goal game. And again, and I actually I said three two. I thought you were going to be close, so I followed your lead on this one. So I'll give it to you. You were really close here. We get the two one win. Oilers, you know, would know. score the two goal two goals in this one. They the Jets would respond. But the Oilers hang on Koskinen with a really good bounce back win after some a couple shaky performances. And uh, another t- – uh, this is a tight one, Kyle. What do you think?
0: I think I'm a little salty that they didn't each score an extra goal because I was looking for good points here. But a win's a win, and we'll take it. I think it was uh... – Again, I think the Winnipeg series as a whole really tight series. I know I've said it multiple times. I've seen for the Oilers throughout the whole season. I mean, every game seems to be, you know, a one or two goal games. As much as a two-one win is not necessarily a, uh, a fan's paradise, that's a good hockey game, and I think the coaches and the players are definitely excited to see uh, a tight game that you come out on top of.
1: And this was a battle, like the winner of this one moves into a tie with Toronto. So this was a really big standings. Like this one was like you physically saw, like we leapfrogged them with a win in this one.
0: I think this really puts into perspective, you know, what we've been saying all year is these are seriously four point games. And I think if somebody didn't really uh, quite understand that, at the beginning of, uh, you know, kind of what we were saying there, this really could could show you what we mean by a, a four goal game or a four point night is we literally leapfrogged them in the standings, you know, because of that, they didn't win it. And we did. And that's a
1: four point swing. So. And something just a funny play that, it was just just weird and was tight and kind of made me, you know, made my heart pound a little bit tighter than it should have at the end of the game. Oilers appeared to have scored an empty netter, and then they challenged the yeah. empty netter for offsides and they call it back. And there was still like about a minute and fifty left <laughs> after they called it back, and so they had a couple chances. Shifley absolutely healed one near the end of it that he just missed on. <laughs> I was like, "You're really challenging the empty netter," but like it yes, almost. But worked. they were right. It was, yeah, it was, yes, to be fair, it wasn't really yeah. a close call. Yeah, to be fair, it wasn't really a close call, and it was the right call. They definitely, he didn't well, have was, control of it. It was offsides.
0: It was definitely offsides. So, I mean, first of all, while the Stripes actually made a good call, banana lines, I'd like to say that there's not very many referees that actually like to make good
1: decisions. Cheers to them. So then the Oilers now follow up the another two-game series. And the adjustment game, now we get to see what the Jets are going to respond with against the Jets here. Uh, We got Mike Smith back in after a really solid game from Miko Koskinen. We also get Jujar back, who was out for a couple games because he injured his hand in a fight, I believe in Ottawa. And in this one, unfortunately, we expected a tighter game. The Jets hopped on us early. I thought that while they might have scored the opening two goals i think uh like the first goal was pretty lucky it was just they yeah. off of a shin pad and then it deflected off of another shin pad past smith and to be honest even their second goal was lucky the first one I, at first when i first saw it i was like "Ooh, that might be a little soft i might have liked smith to save that and then i saw it yeah. from another angle and i was like oh no they did there were two different jets that deflected that puck um at two right. different times so you can't say anything about that one either so they they just seemed sort of like lucky goals i guess and the oilers were in it and having chances mcdavid would score right near the end of the first to tie austin matthews with goal scoring everyone being like oh austin matthews 50 50 and 50 oh he's just you know is he finally in mcdavid tier and no no he's not and right, then right. jesus
0: says it's not allowed
1: it's- like, so I remember someone posted, uh, the, like, a, a GIF of McDavid as the Terminator chasing Matthew's goal-scoring lead. Like, <laughs> like, you you can't stop it. So, we, I don't even want to hear it. He scores to give the Oilers at least a little bit of hope. They talked about in the post-game how much of a spark that gave him. And then the Oilers would proceed to score the next three goals. Darnell Nurse scoring an absolute snipe. Again, with oh, just yeah. oceans of space, really big credit to Puliyarvi and McDavid with just an absolute forecheck from hell to free him up. But he just had like he looked up, he like like you could have played the da da da, 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 da. and he just oh yeah, right like, beautiful shot up above Hellebuck at the Vesna winner, um, might I add. And the Oilers are able to skate away and score an empty netter that actually counts. You don't see that very often. The Oilers have just a weird thing about empty netters right now. Um, So they actually score one that counts. I had said in the last episode, I had said that the Oilers were going to win this one. 5-3, the empty netter was going to be from Archibald. It was from Shore. I was close because I don't know why Shore was on the ice. I would have expected Archibald to be on the ice with uh, McDavid and Nugent Hopkins at the end. But Shore scores it. They skate away with a 4-2 win. And Kyle, you, my friend, on this one, pick up all three on the points and the lead for the first time in the competition. I told
0: you. I, I told you when I texted you, I thought I was going to have a real big week. That one really uh, fills up the soul.
1: So no you're problem. now sitting on a 19 to 18 lead with the three points. I only pick up one. We flipped it and. You know what? The Oilers now sitting on a three game win streak after a disappointing loss to the Flames. They have turned it around. They've played um, a couple different, really different style of games. They've played that pretty wide open, high scoring power play special teams games versus the Flames. You've got then the really tight one goal game versus uh, the, Jets. the Jets. And then you've got the comeback win. You give the Jets the first back-to-back regulation losses for them this season Um, then you give the Oilers their only their second comeback win of the season Uh, so just a really strong presentation here from the Oilers this week and I think we should be really excited for this coming week because they're winning in a lot of different ways and that's exciting to see from your team.
0: Firstly I'd like to say oh how the turntables have turned Mr. Farley I'm now in the lead. I've been chasing and now I'm on top so there's that, and then also I would like to say I'm I predicted it, and I'm very happy it came true. The three game win streak here was just what the doctor ordered. After that, uh, the Calgary loss, I think the boys are definitely on a good track, much like the other few win streaks they've they've strung together uh, this season. I think if they can keep playing the way they've been playing, I think they'll definitely be able to put you know some more points on and. And hunt down the Leafs because, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, the Leafs are losing left and right, which gives me joy to see. I saw yeah, a stat:
1: the the Leafs right now have the second worst le- record in the league, only ahead of the Buffalo Sabers. So, like, you mean the self described dumpster fire? <laughs> did yeah. You, did you see that clip? Wait, listen, we're gonna get to it because. That was that was a big thing that happened this week. And I wanted to talk to you about it. I touched on it briefly in the last episode when it was just me, but I really wanted to hang on to it for the news segment. So that's the only thing I've got on the news segment. So we will get to that. So hang on to that energy, my friend. Okay, You got it. However, the Oilers now go on to a bit of a different task and one they haven't seen here. We're going to take on a two game series versus the, or actually a three game series versus the Montreal Canadiens. We're only going to be predicting the score for one in this episode. We'll leave the predictions for the rest of it. However, we are currently one and two. We have, that's one of the few losing records in the North Division we have. Um, and the Habs sit at a record of 14 eight and nine obviously a lot of the pity loser points in there um they've had a bit of an up and down season they had they came out super hot blazing hot and have cooled off tremendously here however they seemed to out the oilers a little bit in the first couple of games earlier this season um i think also they maybe capitalized earlier on uh, maybe Koskinen, who was a little bit more drained earlier in the season as well. So what should we expect here versus the Montreal Canadiens, who, like I said, are a little bit hot, colder. And the Oilers coming in burning hot.
0: Absolutely flaming hot. Even though they're cooling down a little bit and they're not as hot as they were at the beginning of the season, I definitely think next year, I think their, uh, their decor is still... Unreal. It's, it's definitely a force to be reckoned with. I mean, they have so many big bodies back there that are just willing to lay, lay down the hammer of the wall when it comes in close. And and there's a lot of, I mean, think about it, most of Puyarvi's goals have come from, like, within three feet of the net, standing in front, banging home rebounds, getting in tips. Um, I mean, it, so I think it'll definitely be a rough few games for uh, those, those front guys, you know, Chase On and uh, Puyarvi. Cassian likes to hang out there. I mean, so so those guys will definitely be prepared to take a little bit of some bruising. I think the reason they're cooling off is they're just not having nearly as much offensive opportunities as they were in the beginning of the season. I mean, <clears throat> their guys were super hot, and I honestly don't really know a whole lot of what happened to make them fizzle out. You know, like what what aren't they? What are they doing wrong that they're not playing as uh, well as they were? But I think that works to the Oilers benefit. And the Oilers taps it too, but I think the forwards are really going to tear it up here. I think it's a big push against the uh, Canadians.
1: Well, we will have um, a returning guest of the Bayou Benders on for sure. Now that we're taking on the Canadians again, um, I, he was just actually messaging me on Twitter. So expect for, to see him here on uh, in the next couple weeks for sure. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be interesting. I think with three games, the Oilers should expect to see Price prob- probably twice and Allen once. And actually, funny enough, Allen has the much better statistics compared to Price. So I don't really know what to expect from Price. I think the way that the Oilers are playing, it's going to be really hard. For the, uh, the Canadians to play with that, I think especially with the amount of turmoil they've had, they've since fired their coach, right? So right. I think they're, they are maybe a little less confident going in versus the Oilers who are very confident. I think I'm going to stick with a 5-3 win because I think if I if I fire with that again, I think eventually it's going to hit. I'm going to say 5-3. <laughs> five, five, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> stick on it. It's got to hit. It's got to show up. Yeah, I, I, I sound like a bad gambler in Vegas. If I just <laughs> exactly. I just keep playing, it's gonna hit. I promise. Another one. All I gotta do is just I just gotta keep going. Black's gonna hit. Black's gonna hit. All right, buddy. Um, what no what God. do you got for me?
0: I'm gonna say it's a bit of a tighter. Well, I guess it's the same, the same, uh, the same gap there, but I'm gonna say a three-one win. I'm gonna say they're a big defensive game. I feel like Darnell Nurse feels like shutting down, you know, batting it down the hatches, really letting nobody in. Yeah, I think the 3-1 win is, is definitely where we're at here.
1: That, that would be a good way, a good statement win, a good way to start and, uh, and um, really posture yourself for the first three games of a series. I agree,
0: big man. I agree.
1: All righty. Well, we are going to take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we are going to dig into some of the Buffalo Sabres a little bit. We'll hit our play of the week, and then we are going to bounce. So we will be right back. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the Brothers of Discussion, hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey to bring joy, placidity, and perspective. To one of the roughest eras in Red Wing history, ah, we honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the winged wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast the Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like Who's that? Who's that? Come on, Pokemon? Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blaschel and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Eiserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave at Greg Wasinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. All righty, and we are back. Okay, Kyle, so now we get to finally get to what you've been waiting to do, the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, in the last yeah. episode, I talked about they fired Ralph Kruger. Uh, Jack Eichel is out for the foreseeable future with an injury. Um, Taylor Hall taking pucks to the face. They are they've lost thirteen games in a row. I'd say mercifully, they had a game versus Boston postponed recently due to COVID. Um, the next game they play is versus the Rangers, who uh, are pretty hot right now Mika Zibanejad just put up you know the records tied the record for most points in a period so I'll be interested to see how they play um I'm a huge fan of
0: Zibanejad
1: yeah yeah I think I think back to I think his what was it four goal game five goal game uh last season one of one of my favorite just goal calls uh it just oh, yeah. pure pure excitement um goosebumps every time so I mean there's, gonna be, there's like, not much else you
0: can see there I mean it's you talk five goals, there's not a lot of people who do that. And pretty sure everybody in the rink was like, oh, my God, this guy's wild. Because
1: and, the o- and the O.T. winner. And so exactly. The Rangers are going to be taking on the Buffalo Sabres, who are very low, which is interesting, and it's a pretty bad clip. Um, a lot of people have heard it now. At the beginning of the season, when they first acquired Taylor Hall, their GM, Kevin Adams, said, this means we're going for the Stanley Cup. And it looks pretty bad now. So, Kyle, what's yeah. your initial reaction to all this? Uh, what do you think?
0: I mean, in all honesty, I had high hopes for the Sabres this year, too. They, I mean, at the end of the year last year, they were buzzing pretty good. I mean, they were they were they looked promising. And then you add a couple guys, and you add Taylor Hall. That's an absolute disappointment, if you ask me. The season, the way their season's going right now is terrible. I think they're uh, wasting Jack Eichel's career. I'm not sure how long uh, the journeyman, Taylor Hall, stays there. It's not looking so hot up in Buffalo. (laughs) It's honestly extremely embarrassing. I I don't know what's not clicking, but you'd think with that that amount of star power, you'd be able to string together some wins. I mean – they got Darlene back there too I don't even know how you fix the Buffalo Sabres to be honest with you I really don't
1: so there are a lot of pieces and and interesting things about the Buffalo Sabres little cases you can look at I think one of the things is you just mentioned Darlene has taken a huge step back Um, a lot of people are saying well he's been playing on just one of the worst teams in a while so no duh he's taken a step back another one is they're bad They're obviously going to be selling They've openly said that they're going to be taking at least hearing offers on everyone and and everything. Um, Right. So for a team like the Oilers, that's really pushing for seeding in a playoff spot and a potential run here. um, There's, you know, maybe some potential opportunity to pick up some players uh, as well as just, you know, what gets the most clicks though. I think what people really love to hear is, how long till Jack Eichel is out of there? People love, you know, love to speculate when, you know, the Oilers were horrible. How long will McDavid last and that sort of stuff, which was valid. So I think, you know, we maybe start having to have to ask the question about Eichel. So we'll play the Oilers. All right. Armchair GM here, Kyle. Okay. What do you think the Oilers maybe could look to pull from the Buffalo Sabres? Taylor Hall. Could potentially be a big price tag. He's an unrestricted free agent, so you're only probably getting him for the playoffs. Um yeah, there's some potential goaltenders. I think maybe Linus Olmark could maybe potentially be a goalie to look at. Um, there's also some maybe some defensive prospects, though the Oilers are a little defense heavy at the moment, anyways. I also think, you know, there are I think there's always good players to pull from a lineup. So be armchair GM, what do you think the Oilers maybe could look to pull from the Buffalo Sabres? Do we know how big uh,
0: Taylor Hall's cap hit is by, by chance? I mean, obviously, even though, you know, you'd only really be renting him for the playoffs at that point, but he started in Edmonton, and and well, he might be keen to come back, especially uh, now that the boys are on the up and up. He might be like, oh, hey, I'll go home. You know, I'll go, I'll go back to where I started. So, I mean, I don't know how big the cap hit is.
1: Are you ready? Yeah. One year, unrestricted free agent, eight mil. Oof. Yeah. That's a lot. That's
0: yeah. a lot. That's hefty. Um, but, I mean, uh, I think it was a, a good idea for the Sabres at the time. They had the room, and Taylor Hall's a good hockey player. But, I mean, that's one the question, The question is really around Taylor Hall, I think, is do you have a spot for him and not displace anybody else in your lineup? Yeah, I think right that- now everybody's clicking pretty well. I think you throw a guy like him in there, not that he's, you know, a menace or anything and, and obviously he's a really good hockey player, but I think you shake some lines up that you're not really prepared to shake lines up on. You know what I mean? Because I mean, you're not putting Taylor Hall on a third line. It's not it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So who are you, who are you displacing? You're going to take you know, move. I don't even know. You know what I mean? it's a, it, I think that's my big concern with even trying to get taylor hall is you really put some some guys in a, in a weird spot um, and he probably doesn't get lineup.
1: power play time so he's probably upset about exactly. that. exactly well, i mean we can take jason off. Huh? <laughs> yeah but, but is taylor really hall your net front guy
0: no yeah uh,
1: no yeah so i mean so... i'm looking i'm looking at their lineup here uh some other names that sort of pop out there's some just horrible contracts I e the Jeff Skinner one is just goof. That's bad. <laughs> one though, did Sam? You see Jeff Skinner the other night? No, no, no. What?
0: Yeah, so Skinner and Skinner and uh, somebody on the Devils. I think, I'm pretty sure they had a strap, and they were sitting in the penalty box, and they're just talking up a storm. I mean, they're absolutely screaming at each other, right? And and um, whoever's on, whoever was in the box for the Devils is like, "Sorry, what's your contract like? How many goals have you scored?" Fuck,
1: oh, they got you on a rough deal. Damn, that's brutal. That's rough. That's tough. Some other names, though, that stick out to me here on the list. I think uh, Sam Reinhardt, he's sitting at, and he's an RFA, potentially. He's sitting at 5.2, but he's an RFA at the end of this at this season. That might be hefty if you think maybe you could re-sign him. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: you probably won't him a deal. You know what I mean? Just so that it's not habit, but. I mean, I think that's not a bad idea. He's he's producing pretty well. He's, uh, I like I like the way he was playing hockey. That's definitely a possibility. I think it's probably the best the best option uh, that we've mentioned so far, as far as uh, worse per dollar.
1: Um, another one that I think maybe has some possibilities uh, is a pretty big power forward with some skill with an actually a pretty low cap hit. Cage Thompson, six foot five. He's twenty three. Has a 1.4 mil cap hit for the next three years. Yeah. He's locked up for three, uh, that's, but that's it's pretty low, and I he's young as well. I think there there might be some potential there as well. Well, it would definitely be nice if you could, uh, you know, get him to play more of like a a land
0: discard power forward kind of game instead of like a Cassian kind of game. You know what I mean? If you could get him on a uh, you know a big guy with a lot of skills kind of path, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's, you know, on a low cap hit like that, that's not a bad that's not a bad take.
1: So are you maybe pulling the, the trigger on any of those deals? Cause the goaltending, I think of Olmark, he's currently injured at the moment. Um and defense, like I said, the defense is pretty full. And I don't think they're maybe looking to move Dalin, though that you might have yeah. to you give up you'd be giving up too much, I think, to to bring in Dalin. And I don't think he really. Yeah, fits he doesn't fit or doesn't bring anything that we're looking for at the moment. Exactly.
0: Um, I, think, I think honestly the best deal out of that is probably he's still a, a real young guy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of room to grow there, and you know what I mean. I like watching guys hit guys. I think it's I think it's pretty fun. So throwing another big body in the lineup is always great.
1: Alrighty. Looking at the the okay. rest of it from a, a Sabers perspective, you fired your coach. Um, the season is pretty much out of the toilet right like like it's in the toilet you can flush it at this point Um, right 13 losses in a row in a 56 game season right you've lost a quarter of your season at that point that's pretty hard to come back from Um, not to mention they had lost a few games before the 13 game losing streak as well not looking good for them jack eichel hurt like Like, what what does it take to get out of this? Like, does it take maybe having to sell on Jack Eichel and committing to a full rebuild? Like, what do you think? I mean, even, so put it
0: this way, even their own announcer called him a dumpster fire. Like, that's tough. You might have to scrap half the program. You know what I mean? At that point, it really could just be, you know, everybody's going to hit the can and we'll figure it out next season. And that's not, honestly a terrible idea to do that. I mean, at this point, I think maybe Jack Eichel fits better somewhere else. Um, I mean, obviously, I know at this point, uh, he's still captain, I'm pretty sure. So not a lot of teams really want to get rid of their captain like that. But he's definitely displeased with the way the organization's going. Uh, I think, you know, he's mentioned uh, some of his frustrations. I can definitely see them parting ways very soon and i think pretty hard restart would not be a terrible idea
1: so you you're not against moving on from jack eichel yeah no outside of Connor mcdavid like if Connor mcdavid's not in that draft jack eichel is still one of the best players to come out of the draft in a while i would certainly agree so sabers fans are got to be upset well certainly i mean you know it's just like they're gonna go now I mean,
0: MRs about that, like I said, nobody wants to see their star, much less their star captain go anywhere. But sometimes it, it just kind of happens that way, and that's the best route to take. In the NHL, that is often a necessary evil that happens. I mean, that just, just is what it is. And
1: I, I'm not opposed to that. Where do you think Eichel ends up if he leaves? most likely scenario um it's a good question i mean anybody with money personal first first a nice
0: settled contract uh but i also think he's you know he wants to win i mean that's everybody that's in the nhl wants to win they want to win hockey games they want to win championships they want to play well with their teammates they want to have fun while they're doing it so i think he, i think he goes i think he picks like a, a solid balance between uh, good money being thrown at him and good players to be surrounded with. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets pulled into like a Nashville or something, because I think those guys, I think they, they're, they're getting rid of some of their, their bigger guys. I think they were you know definitely looking into the possibility of trading or, or letting them go at, you know, whenever their contracts are up, some of their bigger guys, I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring in a new superstar. I think it's definitely a possibility.
1: I actually was thinking, you know, potentially like an Ottawa, but yeah, yeah. then you, you threw out Nashville and I actually don't mind that, especially if, if you think, you know, maybe, cause I think he's got a no move clause. So he's not, right. I don't think he, he, he probably not going to waive it to go to Ottawa though. I think that'd be kind of, that'd be an interesting position for him to end up, but I think if he waived it and then there's a big trade involving him, going to nashville i mean matt duchene seems to be the preeminent player to score on tanking teams so it would almost be perfect for him just to be doomed to rot in in buffalo almost (laughs) um and then you know eichel restarting with yossi behind him and he knows he's got some form of decent goaltending in Rene and Saros. And and, uh, they just picked up another really highly touted goalie in the draft this past season as well in Askarov. Forsberg's there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you you might maybe be losing Forsberg potentially in that trade. Yeah, yeah, but maybe I don't know. But he he, either way, he's playing with either like a Forsberg. Uh, they've got Johansson in there as well. Um, he yeah. could, be, could be you could be you try and keep Arvidson to play with him. Arvidson, as well. yep. Yeah, so yep. there there are some things, and that could restart a franchise in Nashville very quickly as well. So that I like yeah. that take, Kyle. I think that's actually. That might be one of your best takes yet. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I formulated that in all of five minutes. The whole time I was talking about Michael, I was actually just thinking of what
1: I wanted to say. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I appreciate the forethought. We are going to move on now to our last bit here. Our play of the week. I am going to start. My play of the week is going to go to Jonas Corposalo because it seems to be just the year of the paddle save this guy has three save of the year candidates already and all yeah. of them are paddle saves he cannot stop the, he reaches behind him and he smacks it out of the midair there's been a bunch of paddle saves so like honorable mention to i think his name's v- uh, vlad scar or something like that for the bruins with an incredible paddle Yeah, yeah I saw that one. there's just been a lot this season more than normal and you love to see them. They're incredible to watch. The goalies are getting lucky, and, and it's been really crazy to say. I'd also, on an Oilers note, I'd like to say big, big shout-out to Mike Smith for that just ridiculous glove save he had to make after oh, getting yeah. the puck up behind his own net.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was playing a little bit of uh, hero cop syndrome there, and he kind of let it go, but then he made it a, a save a brilliant save won't we'll take it away from him but i will say he did put himself in that position so marks off for that but wow i mean what a comeback there
1: i would like to, to say a little thing on on mike smith um real quick before we get to your play of the week because it I, it reminded me of something because i've been pretty critical of smith and m- more critical of Tippett on his deployment of mike smith um and one of yeah. the big things and big criticism Criticisms I and some other people have is that, you know, he gives up untimely goals when he goes behind the net. And you see in this one, you get, he gives it up and he just pulls himself out of fire, just barely with an incredible save from behind the net. And I'm watching the post game and they're asking Drysidel about Smith. And he just says, you know what? We know that sometimes he's going to give up a goal like that. We just know that. But we appreciate it more. He said, listen, I'm a forward. Talk to the defenseman. Ask them how much they appreciate him being back there. I'm going to stop complaining about Mike Smith right now. And I'm going to stop complaining about the one goal he gives up every now and then from behind the net because right now he's winning games. He's making saves and the players love him. Like I watch in the yeah. post game, like right at the end of the horn, right? He gives the big double fist fist pump and yells, and then the guys are jumping into his arms, basically. Oh, yeah. So they they love the guy. They know that he's they I guess they they know they see that he gives up a couple goals like that every now and then, but they are willing to take it. And I guess if they are and they actively play with him. I guess we can as well especially while he's playing this well so I'm going to shut up for a little bit about Mike Smith and, and just <laughs> en- just enjoy the winning for a little bit love that all right everybody yeah. what's your play of the week my two plays of the week uh, I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double
0: it up there I'm going to I'm going to make a combo play of the week the both the rookies from Anaheim talked their first goal in the same game it's Zygris and um, what the that there, are, what's that other there. Yep. And they were both very, very nice goals. I mean, like I, like nothing crazy, but but very pretty goals. Like those are definitely – it wasn't like a tip-in or anything like that. It was like very good effort goals that – a, nice, a couple of nice shots. I'm going to give it to them. You're, loving, to, the, you're loving these
1: rookies down in Anaheim here, buddy, because that's a this is your art. second play of the week that's involving rookies in Anaheim. You got a Troy Terry well, there yeah. a little bit ago. Yeah, that's facts.
0: Listen, I think they're gross. I think they're very good at hockey, and I they're younger than me, and I wish I was them.
1: Hey, the we young guns, young guns are coming up here in Anaheim. Um, I'm definitely glad to not be playing Anaheim and just be watching them from afar for a little bit. Oh yeah, this, I, I think they're a little scary. They just I don't know. It's just the way they match up versus the Oilers, they the Oilers have been able to take advantage. They've started to play worse hockey, but I don't know, just get Slav and I just get you know 20 2015 PTSD for a little bit when whenever we play them.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always a, it's always a pain in the ass playing the playing the ducks. I mean they they play such a brutal style of hockey. I mean, they're always just slamming bodies. So but hey, what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, well, so we are what we are gonna do is we are going to wrap up here now. We have some pretty big games here coming up. Uh, three game set versus the Montreal Canadiens coming in this week. I'm excited to get to those later. Like I said, we're probably gonna be talking to the Bayou Bender sometime this week as well, either in this coming episode or the next episode after that. Who knows? Um, whenever we're able to pin him down, he is a, is a wild man to pin down these days. So we'll do our best we can. However, Kyle, uh, you got anything else for me, my friend? Thanks for having me back on again. I love that you love. Hey, I I appreciate you returning. Uh, We always, we miss you when you're absent. Uh, We love having you. Um, It's better when you're here, my friend. However, uh, I look forward to hopefully talking to you again uh, in the next episode and breaking down uh, these Habs games with you, my friend. Sounds like a plan, brother, man. Alrighty. Well, everyone else, be sure to subscribe to the hockey podcast network. Um, you can go to the website, the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Um, also follow them on Twitter. That's going to be at hockeypodnet. Be sure to follow me or the rig rats here this podcast on twitter uh that's going to be at the rig underscore rats on twitter i got into a bit of an argument with someone on twitter actually earlier this week about uh tyson barry's play and then i, I we ended up realizing that we're both reasonable guys or we're both basically making the same point we ended up agreeing with each other so sometimes the internet can be reasonable but uh be sure to follow us for more reasonable interactions like that, I'm sure. And as always, be sure to like, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. We're going to be listening to it right now on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It helps out a great deal. Kyle, we'll talk to you in a couple days from now, hopefully. And uh, as always, let's go Oilers!